This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I am going to be responding to a listener question. A listener uh, sent me a voice message, got cut off at the end, but I'll let you hear it. It was about my most recent podcast about protecting your wife. So you should probably refer back to that one. Hello. In your podcast about uh, protecting your wife, you uh, suggested that in therapy, the therapist often reframes a a problem or a bad uh, mood to move the conversation along as part of protecting the client in that case. Um, Now, does that apply as much to husbands or partners or... Um, is that kind of dangerous territory? It feels like um, reframing a problem too quickly could be seen as uh, not empathetic or uh, just sort of uncaring or trying to immediately solve a problem when really the wife, maybe in this case, does just want to be heard for a couple minutes before... So that was an anonymous question. That was definitely not my husband who was driving home and uh, listened to my podcast and recorded a message um, at all. Totally not that, rather just an anonymous person. Um, But anyhow, anonymous listener, so you bring up a good point that a lot of times women say, that they want empathy and they just want you to listen. They don't want you to solve the problem. So usually what they refer to is they say something like, I am so stressed out because my sister is so annoying and she decided that she's just going to take over my baby shower with her bullshit and this is what she's been doing forever. And then she bursts into tears and then you say something like, well, here's what, you know, I think that you should say to your sister. Well, like, yeah, that shit is annoying, right? So every woman can empathize with the fact that that is annoying because, like, first of all, you know what to say to your sister better than your husband does. You've been with your sister for however long, uh, your whole life. And also, you just really did want to vet. What I'm talking about is something where the man does not try to step in and solve or mansplain the problem, but rather sits there and says, oh yeah, your sister really sucks, like, in this way, and she's so annoying, and yeah, that sucks, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, sweetheart, but, like, so let's say that whole conversation starts at 8 p.m., if she's still crying at 8.10, like, she's gonna make herself sick, you know, I mean, she's physically, like, it's hard to be crying for, like, 10 minutes, it really is, you wouldn't let your kids sit there and cry for 10 minutes without redirecting or trying to comfort or or 
cheer them up in some way. And your wife is also a person who is in pain, similar to when your children are upset and crying. So in this case, you could say, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This sucks. She sucks. I'm sorry. She's doing that for, you know, like 10 five, 10 minutes and you're hugging her and you're crying. Uh, Well, you're not crying, hopefully, but she's crying. But then the husband might want to move this along to something that can protect his wife better than letting her probably make herself feel physically ill from being so upset and give herself a headache or or not feel well the next day really because she's had a tremendous crying jag which is really not good for anybody despite the people say this is cathartic it's really not cathartic to be extremely upset for extensive time The notion of catharsis was disproved a long time ago after they had 1970s groups of, you know, people going out and screaming in the woods. They did research on a lot of this and they showed that catharsis doesn't really work. In fact, getting angry and screaming makes you feel worse and angrier. So the point is that what I'm saying is not that the man should solve the problem of the sister and the baby shower in this situation, but he should solve the problem of his wife being in um, agony and in unrelenting pain and in basically a loop that she can't get out of, which is how it frequently feels when you're very emotional. You feel stuck in a negative emotion. So in this case, giving her a hug, giving her a kiss, maybe make her a hot chocolate, say, hey, come here, you know, um, I'm sorry that this happened. I really don't want this to ruin your whole night. I saw some cute thing on, you know, my phone, this meme you'll think is funny. Why don't we try to watch a TV show together, sweetheart? Do you want to go upstairs? You want us to, um, you know, uh, listen to this awesome podcast by Dr. Psych Mom, whatever it is, you, you'll understand basically if you're a man who lives with a woman that's very emotional and frequently gets herself basically feeling sick from being upset. And I work with many people like this because I work with many highly sensitive people. And highly sensitive people can basically get stuck in an emotion and not be able to extricate. So what I'm saying by coming in and solving the problem is while she may think that what she wants is just for you to listen, You know, as well as I do, if you've been in this situation, that this could go on, starts at 8 o'clock, she could still be upset about her sister, and in the same loop of of self-flagellation and anger and sadness at like 9.45, 10 o'clock. Now you start thinking, are we going to go to sleep? Is she going to go to sleep? Can this be good for her? I mean... What I'm saying is nip this in the bud the way that you would for your kid. Nobody would let their child be this upset for this extended amount of time. And the reason that men do this is not because they have some deep uh, psychological theoretical wedding to the idea of validating their spouse. It's because they're terrified as the reader question indicated, they're terrified about being told that they are not um, being sensitive. So what's the worst that could happen? So she's already upset at her sister. You know that shit's going to fall onto you soon because she's upset. I mean, this is what happens. People get upset. If your kid walked down the stairs, she'd probably be upset at your kid too. So Anyway, this night may not end up going well for you. At some point, you'll say something that indicates you uh, don't think her sister is such a heinous bitch, and then it may go wrong also. So why not try at least to 
do what I'm suggesting, which is coming from a place of trying to protect her, if that goes poorly, well, shit, you know, you really had a very low chance of this working out anyway, this whole thing, once she gets this upset, but this could potentially transform the evening. She may see that you're saying, no, come here, let's get up, come on, come over here, let's sit at the table, sweetheart, why don't we do this thing or that thing? And if she says, you never listen to me, you say, because I always say, for men and women to be honest with one another, for everybody to be honest with their spouse, you say, I am trying to help you. It is bad for you to sit here and cry for an hour and a half. It is bad for you to sit here and cry probably for half an hour. You are going to feel terrible tomorrow if you do not go to sleep, if you don't calm down, if you don't eat something. I want to take care of you. Maybe we could talk about it a little bit later. Again, why don't we take a little break and I can make you hot chocolate. I can make you tea. I can probably not make you alcohol if you're already this upset. Would not help. But Whatever it is. So this idea is the same thing as like when you are, this one time, I mean, I'll just tell you, this is a funny story, right? This one time my kid, he was like, I have four, no, he was like five or six even. And he, this is kind of funny. This isn't the funny part because I'm not a monster. He bit through his tongue at camp. And so he bit through his tongue. It wasn't like off or anything. He just, you know, he bit into it pretty deep. They called me, you know, and so I had to go get him. They were giving him an ice pop and whatever. But this strangest coincidence was that I had bought my husband, who again is totally not the guy who uh, called in as a fake anonymous caller for this episode, but um, he, um, I had bought him flying lessons. So it was going to be in one of these little prop planes and he was going to get a flying lesson for the first time. So the flying lesson was near the camp. You can't make this up. And so I picked up my son and he was really upset. (laughs) Obviously he was crying. His whole face was swollen. You know, when kids get like really upset and they look like, you know, uh, apocalypse. And I said, (laughs) Hey, don't worry do you want to go up in a plane? And he's a little boy. I love planes, of course, or that idea is, is sounds very magical. He didn't, of course, believe me. I said, we're about to go on a plane right now because that was the only way that we could do it. We had to take him and go. That was how the timing worked out. So we picked him up and we put him in the plane and he got to go up into the sky and we had not going to, I wasn't going to take him because I was like anxious about it of, you know, it's a prop plane. I thought, what if it crashes? But either way, he was there. So I was like, look, you're going to get to do this fun thing. My entire point of this story that may seem like a uh, unrelated tangent is he was really cheered up. (laughs) You know, there is always something that could cheer somebody up. He didn't feel invalidated. He felt happy. He felt happy to be flying in the sky. And I have pictures of him and you would never know that his tongue was bleeding in his mouth. So the point is, everybody can be cheered up in some not invalidating way that actually makes them happier. 
unless there is a tremendous loss or trauma. Don't do this if your, uh, you know, wife's sister died. Don't say, all right, she's been crying for a half hour. Let's be done. But this isn't the situation. The situation that I'm talking about is when somebody is irritable in a bad mood, had kind of a bad thing happen that they keep perseverating on, but not a trauma. A trauma is different. A trauma is something where you are there for longer, but still, even with a trauma, even with a trauma, you would still try to take care of the person to make sure that they eat, to redirect their attention to something nice that just happened. Um, Even if somebody died, to redirect their attention that somebody just, you know, sent this nice message about your sister. You still do have to eat, sweetheart. Come on, take a drink. We have to go talk to so-and-so. And, you know, I thought that you wanted to write your eulogy for your sister in this continued example. You would still, if you were taking care of somebody, not allow them to sink fully into the quagmire of their dejection, depression, and just this hopeless loop of rumination and sadness. That is not being a good partner. There's always a way to cheer somebody up. It may not always be as transformative as taking somebody on a surprise airplane ride, but there are those things. It would be interesting if you want homework, which everybody is just yearning for homework. <laughs> but if you want homework, what you can do is you can ask your wife, ask her, what could cheer you up no matter what? She, I don't know what she would say. I mean, she might say something interesting. You could give a situation. Women love hypotheticals. As much as men hate hypotheticals, because this looks like now you're going to solve, a, you're going to fail a test that didn't even happen in real life. So lucky you, you get to fail an extra made up test. But women love hypotheticals. So if you said, listen, if something really bad happened to you and I had to cheer you up, what could I do? That is an actually interesting question. There is no woman who would not want to be asked that question. It indicates that you are thinking about her inner world. You are thinking about how to help her. You are thinking about how to love her in the way that she wants to be loved. You are thinking about the relationship. And of course, you had to get the damn question from somewhere. So then, of course, you would also say, because, for extra credit here, I've been listening to podcasts about how to be a better husband. So that is going to really knock it out of the park for you if your wife is like any of the women that I work with that really uh, are unfailingly so sad and disappointed that their husbands do not research anything about the relationship despite how they research everything else in the world. Like everything about Elon Musk, nothing about the relationship. So if you want to really make your wife feel loved, you would ask her these questions. So Maybe she doesn't know, but just the fact that you are asking may make her think about it and know that you are somebody who wants to cheer her up. Maybe she's somebody who says, I just want you to hold me and be there for me. Well, if she said it, by the way, it's likelier that the next time that you try to do it, she's going to be happier about that because she'll know that you, um, you know, are listening to her versus if you had done that without asking her about it, she may say, why are you just sitting there? So listen, at least ask, and then you could get some useful information or at least change her frame of you from somebody who is just sitting there to somebody who is actively trying to help to cheer me up. So since I forgot last time in last podcast description, I will now link you to my uh link you to my post on how to cheer up your partner and why this is okay. All right. 
So thank you so much, random listener who randomly just sent me a voicemail for no reason that I don't know and that I'm not married to. And thanks everybody for listening to my podcast. And he's going to be really surprised when I have finished this podcast because he's still on the road driving. And now I have a, I have a reply podcast. So that's um, amusing for me. Um, and I'll talk to everybody soon. Bye-bye.